Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Quarter Mile at a Time, the pen en- pen ultimate episode. Mm. I'm Jack Holjeski, joined as always by Robert Anderson, yo, and Mike Burge. What's up? And we uh, we took a half an hour break to cry for a while after finishing <sighs> Furious Seven. We um, had some tears, for sure. The penultimate, yeah, episode of this series that we've come so far in watching. Mm, yeah. The the last of these movies that are out right now before Fast Eight comes out tomorrow. We're all caught up. We're all yeah, caught up. The journey. We're finally, we're all, caught all up. on the same page. Yeah, everyone at the table is. Tomorrow is going to be the first of these movies that I have not seen. Yeah, that we'll all be, be seeing. That we'll we'll all see it with people other than an audience ourselves yes yeah we'll yeah. see it with the crowd yeah we're gonna go see it with the crowd for sure open the night <sighs> man all right so this movie is packed with stuff to talk about i think so especially because we've been on this journey for so long yeah i'm you glad know? we've come this far it's boys. cool it's cool i'm glad we did this this way yes in such a special way with each, we went on a ride together. We went on a ride together. I'd say we became a family. Over I would. The course of this. I think, of course, we became a family. Um, That's exactly what I was thinking. Too. I was, on the way over to this one, I was like, "This is the last one that we're going to do where we watch it in a living room." Yep. And just like, kind of watching, drinking, the... drinking a couple of drinks, yeah, a couple. having some fun, making some jokes, and then getting together and talking about how we all feel about it right afterwards, like. Even tomorrow isn't going to be exactly like that. It's going to be different. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I, I think I said a few Fast and the Furious, or a few quarter of a mile at a time ago, that like I love watching this movie this way, where we're like sitting in a room, yelling at the TV, bullshitting with each other, drinking, and then coming to this podcast. But tomorrow is going to be more of like our hot take format, mm-hmm. where what? we... I mean, we are going to sneak a, a 12-pack of Coronas into the into the film tomorrow. I mean, I'm going to really try. We know a guy. We know a guy. Sean will let us I was, sneak it in. I was actually thinking about just like kind of setting up some kind of an IV system that would lead out into the car in the parking lot. So technically, um, we're not bringing the that beers would be in. feeding us uh, yeah. an equal amount lime juice and <laughs> Corona extra. Mm-hmm tasty beer i've got one of those weird backpack things that you take when you go on a hike that you put water in that i can <laughs> just like fill backpacks. with a camelback yeah sure <laughs> uh, those, those weird backpacks. those lifeline backpacks that you wear on your back and the things they have in uh, the turbo rangers prevent yourself movie. from dying on a hike you mm-hmm. guys remember the turbo rangers movie so instead of having a camel pack which is like i think a technology that exists no. in turbo rangers they i have do a actually backpack. remember that oh, so okay in turbo rangers they have a backpack that like has like paper cups on the side of it, it's and there's blood. a water generator in the backpack. So it's just like kind of just puts water in paper cups for them. It's a very wasteful backpack system. Well, I have one of those, but for Corona for tomorrow. So that's what for each made. of us, I've invented this in my workshop. <laughs> Drinking Corona out of, a ca- out of a camel backpack while you're sitting in a movie theater sounds like the most disgusting thing. That is terrible. It sounds like it's wrought with problems. It'd Do you think very... they let you in a movie theater with a backpack on? No, because I think it's terrorism. Bec- well, <laughs> well, that's like a thing. There was a while they were just like, you have a backpack? No way, Jose. In, hold on. In Fishkill, New York, they're going to be like, 
it's Thursday night. You're wearing a backpack. You're definitely. They might think we're trying to fuck up the Fast and the Furious premiere. Dude, Premieres are dangerous no, we're gonna now. Be, we're going to be absolutely fine. They oh, know no, us. We there. we will be polite adults. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have all the in. time in the world to talk about that tomorrow. Mm, let's talk about this movie. Furious There's movie. okay. Regardless of how you feel about this movie, there's a lot of emotional baggage. And I think that that kind of plays into... And they know it. Many, and, many, yeah. many a, a, a comment that I've heard about this movie yeah. has been that Furious 7 is the best one. Which and I... I do not agree. I, I do don't not agree at all. This movie, uh, I, do, I, think I do like what yeah. this movie does. But sure. I think that a lot of people are saying that because the ending of this movie, the epilogue that they put in as a kind of tribute to Paul Walker is yeah. honestly one of the most uh touching. It's touching but it's 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 very real. Like there's yeah. no okay. there's no selling anything. So um, hold on. Do you guys want to come around to this at the end because there's going to be a big discussion oh wait, on make that. Make them listen to the whole episode. To, do you to want get to the good well part? I think a large discussion of this is going to be about Paul Walker and about that yeah. epilogue specifically. So I think we should decide right now whether we want to go into that right now and talk about that right now or talk about the movie first. Yeah, our... Okay. Let's talk about Jason Statham first. So, okay. okay. Well, okay. Like let's, <laughs> let's talk, let's work our way to it, but everything being said and done, we all had an emotional response yes. to the end of this movie. That's the teaser for the ending. Yes, we were going to work our way to it, but the thing is, like, we all, like, I like I was crying. All right, hold, save it. Okay. This movie's... I'm going to cry again right now. Yeah, oh my cried God. at the end of all of these movies. So, like, that's <laughs> so much. Yeah. Well, I also have cried in each other's arms, being like, I love seeing this movie with my boys. I love you guys. Um, this movie's fucking dumb. On a level that I don't think any of the other movies have achieved. Like, mm. there are so many times... I've seen this movie before. It owns it. It's owns Holy its stupidity shit, in a this really charming dumb. way, though. This movie's so fucking dumb. I think. I don't think that this movie is really any dumber than the other ones oh, that we've no. seen. Oh, no. Oh, dude. Think that it, all of the movies since Fast Five have really been kind of like tr- attempting to one-up the last one like they're really kind of doing this fun little dance where they're figuring out like they'll do one and they'll do all this crazy shit and then when they're going to make the next one i feel like they go back and they go like okay so what are that crazy shit that they like oh they like that stuff all right keep that crazy shit in. they didn't like that other crazy shit all right drop that okay now we're going to try some other crazy shit on top and they just keep doing that and in Furious, in Fast Five, which I think is the best one. I agree. So far. Like, uh, the Fast and the Furious, the first one, the original, will always be my favorite. That's mm-hmm. nostalgia is drawn in there, and I think it's just tight, because they weren't building this universe, but... It's just a good singular movie. is built now, yeah. and Fast Five, I think, is the one that really gets that down. Like, just thinking about that whole ending scene on the bridge... And everything with them, like, dragging the safes behind them. Like, you think about that, and there's, like, this weird kind of, uh, like, dumb French connection kind of feeling mm-hmm. to you. You're like, yeah. wow, like, it's going to be hard to kind of top something like that. Like, they really went all out, but they still grounded it. Now they're getting to the point where they're dropping cars out of airplanes. Mm-hmm. And, like, they fought a tank in the last one. So now they're, like, literally fighting gravity and winning. They were yeah, gravity. Yeah. They when could, it comes they to cars gravity's versus ass gravity, they the get gravity's ass uh-huh. every they single did. time. Yeah. Science has no place in this. I think it's really useful to kind of talk about this movie in terms of the um, direction. So the Fast 7 is a different director. Mm-hmm. 
and Furious Seven. Yes. Furious, oh, fucking shit. No, Furious it is 7. actually Furious Seven. They build it. Furious, Furious Seven spilt out. S e v e m. Right in the it's what's in the title card? That's what the movie. The called. title Great. card is Furious, Furious Seven, Seven spelled as out. One word, so it's Furious Seven. Furious Seven. I think it's useful talking because, like, one of the most jarring things seeing this movie. I guess there's like a fucking bunch, kind of, but like one of the things about seeing this movie that I thought was like the most interesting was the fact that how different uh visually it just the direction of the movie is really different because we have a different director it doesn't look like a it's justin lim movie james what was it james wan james wan is mm-hmm. as opposed to jason lin uh justin lin justin, justin lin. lin my bad i mean no, it, tokyo drift fast 5 and fast and furious 6 look really consistent comparable yeah yeah they look really consistent visually they have I a think, consistent style and i think fury 7 does stand out to look pretty different because i us. also think like their story beats as well as they are it's a different story in each one following the tropes of fast and the furious they all they bleed together whereas this movie from like the be- the beginning of the movie you're just like wait a fucking second this is a to- this is a totally different movie like it feels different. It's, it's weird. It's, it's just like, sillier. It's just weird. It mm. is sillier. From the jump, it is... It mm. is... And, Mike, you said this during Fast and Furious 6 that they, they're they escalating from fi- Fast 5. Because uh, Fast 5... Absolutely. That's Fast, what they've been yeah. meaning to do. Fast 5 is where they cross the line into into splody, crazy movies. Yeah. And Fast 6... Splody they like movie. Fast and Furious dips its toes in there with that opening with, like, the, the truck, like, careening down the thing. And it's like, Dom, what are you doing? And he's got to... He, like, drives under it and just, like, just catches it's, it so they don't get caught But up. even, like, the major crazy plot point of, like, we have a tunnel that only cars can move through. Like, the story... Very much so, yeah. Yeah, the... the Plot this is, is a movie. This is a franchise that started out with just like underground street racing. Yeah, we're street yes, racing. That's what it was, and we're, they were also criminals. Yeah, funding their. It's it, again. It's a ripoff of Point Break. It's yeah, surfers funding their awesome surfing time by robbing these kind of uh, people that are criminals in their own way, whether mm-hmm. they're banks. Or they're just like you know corporations that are like yeah. building DVD players and like selling them out at mass. You know, we steal that. They've got insurance; it can get replaced. Kind of that whole Robin yeah. Hood kind of thing, and that's really always kind of because these movies have always been about criminals. Yes, they're all criminals, and it's and they're that, really good at making everyone that ever comes into contact with them also criminals. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, they turn everybody. The, the, <laughs> any the, cop, the FBI are criminals now. Any cop that's ever met Vin Diesel and his family has become a criminal. Also, <laughs> yeah. that's right. By association, I, uh, they were the blob of criminals. Yes. 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 A hundred percent. They are the blob of criminals. Yeah. I like that. Well, and I think it's really cool because I, getting ready for this last one, I started reading up on the previous ones to really just kind of give myself a refresher on like how things were made. And I was really interested in, again, we'll get to that later on, on how the production of Fury 7 was made after Paul Walker died because he Which died is, yeah. halfway through. A really fascinating And I'm story. sure there's a ton of articles even before that movie came out that spoke to this production process. Mm-hmm. That you I want to read, read a, a about. book on... We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. But I found something that's really, really interesting. And it like it, interesting to the point where like I was reading and I stopped everything that I was doing and read about like three or four more articles on this because... Uh, Okay, so we've been talking about the directors and James Wan directing in this. We'll get to because James Wan is one of my uh, he's one of my favorite directors. Yeah, I think he's very underrated. He's he does very specific 
uh, mainstream horror normally. Yeah. But he's also given a, like those mainstream horrors are actually transcending the genre that they're usually based around. And we spoke to like how his eye really lent to the uh, fight choreography in this movie. Right. Like this yeah. is a guy who has like uh, sharpened his teeth on mainstream uh semi blockbusting horror. Like this is the guy like he 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 his first movie was Saw. Yeah. He directed Saw. James Wan directed Saw and Saw like changed Horror, horror movies for the next like I, I think it still is kind of in effect. It's well, dwindling the, the, down. The purge would not exist without Saw. Exactly. Yeah. Like, he Those came up with this new exist. way of introducing horror to mainstream uh, audiences. Yeah. But back to Fast and Furious. Uh, the first two Fast and Furiouses were um, were both uh, written by different people. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was based off of an article called Racer X by Ken Lee. And it was like this kind of article, like expose on underground street racing. And they pretty much built the screenplay off of this article and like just different aspects and stuff. It was based off this real guy named Raphael something. But um, the guy who pretty much created all these characters, who's at the end of every Fast and Furious movie because he created the character of Brian, he created Dom, he created Letty. His name is Gary Scott Thompson. He wrote the first one. Mm -hmm. He came up with the story for the second one. And then they got these other random dudes to kind of touch up Too Fast, Too Furious from what I could understand. And one of the dudes... Did they make it like screenwriting worthy kind of? Like they came up with the story and they kind of twisted it around and stuff like that. I don't think maybe they liked what it was because again, I hold true to the fact that Vin Diesel was supposed to be Roman's character into Fast and Furious and they yeah. brought people in to kind of redirect it and it changed yeah. the entire story. I was so going to ask guys. you there, did he write, do you, uh, yeah, did he, do you think he wrote originally I think that Too Fast and Furious yeah. in a different way? Been, and then they kind of brought these other two guys in, one who has literally done nothing else. Ever? Fast and Furious. Really? And the other guy one and done. is super famous. Um, if you know him, uh, he, he created the Chicago series like chicago fire chicago pd chicago oh, those Man. those tv shows are huge, huge. he Giant. went on yeah. to create those he also I've met wrote, a few of those he writers. also wrote yeah. uh, the 310 to Yuma. um interesting yeah and he's got another one coming out called overdrive which i'm like i'll fucking watch that overdrivers overdrivers the next podcast series that we're doing jeez oh, <laughs> but this brings me to, so the first two were written by like two completely different people. And this brings me to Chris Morgan. Chris Morgan mm-hmm. has written every Fast and Furious movie by himself since Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. He wrote Fast Tokyo Furious, Drift as well. Fast Five, uh, Furious Six, Furious Seven, and The Fate of the Furious. Chris Morgan has single-handedly written all these movies. So I think if Mike was holding this microphone, he would have dropped it in this moment. Like, dear listener, this is something when we were talking about in the previous podcast about like the idea of trilogy. Yeah, and like where where can you draw the line in a trilogy? Like, does it start with Fast and Furious and end with Furious Six, and now Furious Seven is the beginning of a new one? Or some of the other ways we divide it. Furious 7 is the beginning yeah. of but Furious 7 feels like it has such this definitive end, and it naturally has to. Or El Tokyo Drift is the end of a street racing trilogy. Yeah. This guy came in with Tokyo Drift, did Tokyo Drift in 2006, Six. 
and just like it, like drop the ball, so to speak, because it took a little while for them to like try and reinvigorate so, the project. But he mm-hmm. still came back, and he completely changed everything. Let me ask you this, Burge, and I think like Jack asked this question in the previous podcast, but mm-hmm. one of like your points in like the double series that we did last weekend was, do you think that like Han's character and like all those kind of events were seeded and or planned ahead of? No. When is you still say no? Still, to me, I think that five and six read like they had when Tokyo Drift was written. Five and six were in mind already. Yes, yeah, and if we have a same writer, and it almost speaks more to that. That's point. super possible, and I think that either way, whether that's true or not, uh-huh. speaks to the volumes of uh, talent that the writer has. Because mm-hmm. what if he, he didn't write, have those he in mind, big, he was yeah. able to really fluidly and naturally retcon all that yeah. to make it make sense. Because I remember watching Tokyo Drift, and I hated it. And after I think watching we, Tokyo Drift really after Fury 6, you're like, wow, this changes everything. Like, there's actually depth, and like there, there's, there's weight to yeah. what these characters but are doing and what happens to no them. No one likes Tokyo Drift. Like, when, when yeah. you get the public reaction to Tokyo Drift, it and is I think that's overwhelmingly negative. It. Because Tokyo the way, Drift they haven't, they haven't watched it. They haven't watched it the Tokyo way Tokyo Drift looks. Agreed. Great. Agreed. Uh, Robbie it's, said that Tokyo Drift looks great about a thousand times in the last podcast. Yeah. You may not Sponsored remember. by Corona. <laughs> but I, I might not remember. <laughs> yeah, Mike doesn't I should, remember. I hope that I agreed with you when you said that. I think we all were on the same page. I just had to really hammer it home. You hammered it home. Trust me. But Chris Morgan, this guy has essentially created his own little world yeah uh of fast and furious and has uh i would go so far as to say single-handedly redefined 21st century action summer blockbusters yeah this is what people of both film snobbish ilk and just your general public are looking for yeah transformers gives you your your splody and there's something to be said about like the splody and how it looks and how it's shot. Like, say what you want about Michael Bay. Like, the whole thing came out with Anthony Hopkins, and I've been saying this for years. Like, Michael Bay, Zack Snyder, some of these dudes, they're 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 good directors. They know how to shoot shit. Just they are just writers. they're going for something that's very much out there. And that's like no, that's like M Night Shyamalan is a great director but a bad writer. Yeah, and it's just like these guys are summer blockbuster icons. They are ones that like Michael Bay could make four horrible movies that critics rip apart, and he could still be coming out with a movie called Transformers: The Last Night this but, year. But that's actually, that's, that's exactly a, that's what happened. Exactly that 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 but that's also happened. because of international audiences and things like that. But I also feel like those directors like. I feel like those directors that we just described, like the Michael Bay's, like those people, like they understand big picture kind of like better than anyone else, but they also, they don't understand like minute kind of like character drama or like they don't understand the more intimate moments with characters like that. Like a Michael, like Michael Bay can put out like a last night movie, but the thing is like a movie I'd rather see with Transformers is like. Optimus Prime dealing with his Transformers people as a family, mm-hmm. and they race their cars and their dominant. <laughs> you want to see, <laughs> see Optimus Prime like with Being a Corona dominant in hand? Ter- yeah, with a Corona in and hand. That's, like, that's this is about really family. where the, the whole, whole exactly idea of family really comes in. Yes. and I think I've knocked I've knocked the uh, 
the series a couple times before for being so like on the nose about family, like yeah. not letting us feel the familial bond, but having to constantly Told tell us to like us. we're a yeah. family, we're a family, you trust family. And show now don't I get tell. it because it's I it, like I got it not in Furious Seven, but in Furious Six, I just didn't realize it. Mm. And I thought about it for a couple days and they really hammer it home in Furious Six where they don't mention it too much. Yeah. But it's because they that's what makes these movies so good. And I know that that might seem kind of like, well, no shit. Like, everybody talks about I was going to say, duh. duh. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, that's the thing that separates all of these cars, uh, uh, like, not, not, not being able to, uh, you know, uh, follow the laws of gravity. And not being able to be destroyed, like, in any way, unless it services going to the next scene, because then the cars just get destroyed. Yeah. Like, if that happens, like, you they know, like... They do destroy the they shit do out destroy of the cars, cars in this, this Like, that, that whole bit with uh, Vin Diesel uh, crashing down uh, the side the of the, the mountain was and, like, sick. just destroying the outside of the car because they've reinforced the inside yeah. was really cool. And I really Low actually would have liked for when they, when they fall kind of pull out a little Dark Knight action where two more wheels come out and he can still drive. But also, like, now they're in, like a buggy. speaking to the, the kind of, like, allegory of, like, the reinforced inner parts of the car, like, we also realize that Dominic Toretto has a really reinforced inner secret that he doesn't mm. reveal to the end of the movie. And, like, that's kind of, like, something mm. that's, like... Dominic Toretto and his car are dramatically and thematically shaped throughout the entire movie. And, uh, you know what? I really want to start talking about I feel like we're talking about Fast and the Furious right now. We are not talking about Fast Seven. We've been talking no, about the series. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. But, I, I keep like honestly, that's not that's not your fault. No, I think you brought up some really good points. But we gotta start talking about I Fast think Seven. I think it's okay because this is really okay. I mean, so, we do that every time. Hey, that's true. <laughs> so for me, for me, Fast Seven, and I'm speaking to this from the first time I saw Fast Seven because I yeah. saw it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels like a really poignant end to this series. For many reasons. For sure. a lot of reasons. I yeah. mean, and you have the extraneous reason of, of Paul, Paul Walker's, Walker's death, death being a big factor in this movie. And that... Paul Walker's death would have been one thing if he had died after they finished this movie. Right. But he died halfway through when they were filming this movie. Yeah. So in finishing this movie... Everyone involved had Paul Walker, his death, uh, in mind. Is weighing on every part of the production. And I think, yeah, yeah, I think that really shines in, or not even shines, but I think it's it's felt in every part of this movie. The fact that we, like, us three were watching this movie being like, this is CGI. This isn't yeah, CGI. Yeah, that's something like, that, like, I... We it's were just, really tra- it's we were trying to, like, stop it, too. Cause, yeah. Because that's what we were just... You, you can't, can't help you it. Can't. You're like, is this... Real-life meta mm-hmm. starts to get into the way of how you enjoy or and or consume this movie. And I, I think we were, you know, kind of making a game out of, is this CGI or is yeah. this actually oh, what absolutely. Paul Walker mm-hmm. filmed? Because we're a bunch we, of dicks. Well, we're dicks, but we're also film nerds. So we want to yeah. like, we want to see where, we want to find the mm-hmm. scenes. We also want to look at it. And that's like, editing Fair. is where the movie comes together. 
like you shoot the whole thing and editing is where the movie really comes together what shots you pick what takes yeah. you pick what kind of music the silent the everything. silent cartographer and this was this editor. was like a yeah. game changer in and also the best halo around and also the best halo a main character's death right and trying to not make it feel too heavy on the story that you're trying to tell mm-hmm. you know like obviously Brian's character Paul Walker's character in this in Fury 7 was probably had way more to do originally but I oh, think that they yes. really maintained a certain level like you never feel like they've kind of thrown him off to the corner there's just every now and then you're like why are Brian's not saying anything yeah. in this scene and that's like in terms of making a movie where your actual main protagonist from six movies previous <sighs> is dead they do a great job I mean they do a fantastic job but they do the best it's not it hurts the movie's pacing whether we're looking for the scene breaks that kind of Jack described or not we just like we're fucking noticing it like we just we you can't not think about it you You have to watch this movie in that context you can't watch this movie in a vacuum and you can't make this movie in a vacuum and I think that's listen part of the Fast and the Furious series would not be nearly as appealing as a movie series if it didn't feel like it had so much heart going in. Right. And it really feels like over the course of the series, yes, they're very over like, they're very heavy handed with beating you over the head about being a family. But and four I think, or five is why we're game. But I think well, that. I think it's I think it's because you can tell watching these movies that the people involved mainly namely Vin Diesel mm-hmm. really feels like he has built a family out of these movies. Yeah. You know, it's not... And he's Avengers... not speaking to just the character. He's speaking to, like, probably production, directors, mm-hmm. editors, grips, people like that. Like, like people when, who just, like, do the movies. When, when, I, when I, the I, studio I, releases that we didn't think that we could finish this movie after Paul Walker That means away, that's a tight crew. That's not, like, it never even for a second comes across as... This is a publicity stunt to like, no. they got to do this and walk these lines. You genuinely are like, shit, they almost just threw like $25 million out the window because yeah. Paul Walker passed away tragically. And they were like, I don't think that we can actually physically finish this movie. They literally and, almost threw a 2007 Transformers movie budget out the window. And that's, that's like you said, where the meta <laughs> sort of bleeds in because yeah. I think when you see the way that specifically when you see the way that specifically that vin diesel acts on social media or in a public setting in general he is just his heart is all the way in these things it's cheesy and it's corny and it's heavy-handed but he's but his heart is there yeah he's a genuine ass dude we love you vin if you're listening we we do really we do really love you and and we think you could maybe be doing the rock johnson to fight and and we joke (laughs) i think we joke a lot about the kind of like the bromance between Paul Walker and Vin Diesel in yeah. these movies, but like they were best friends. Yeah. yeah. Like, and he said before, I almost, I almost think it's too early to get into the Paul Walker stuff. Cause I think, yeah. again, we are not talking about fast seven. We're still not talking, we're about, still fast not talking about fast seven, but I mean, this we movie about in too fast, too furious when, or rather in fast and furious when mm-hmm. we were like, Think about where these two dudes' careers were when the first one came out. Different, yeah. You know, like, this was... 
like Vin Diesel had been in a couple like weird little movies. Paul Walker had been in a couple weird little movies, and they pretty much made the Fast and the Furious. They were like, we're going to make a movie about underground street racing because cars are cool right now, and we've got this good-looking guy, and then we've got this like super charming mumble dude who just everybody seems to really action like. mumble core action mumble he's core really good at that. like dude like he's like that's that's why Sylvester that's thing, so famous for Rocky because everybody was like I can barely understand where this guy's saying I but love I am him. captivated I love him. he's a piece yeah. of charming like, meat he feels more real because of how he talks and Paul Walker always felt more real because of his just like general good natured look. Yeah. He just looks like vanilla ice cream. He is just like, that's it. That's it right there. That's the perfect thing. Not too much going on, but that's like, that's exactly it. That's yeah. all you need. And he was, you know, and I've called him a cracker from time to time. I take uh, that Not back. time to time, every time. Almost, every time. Almost eight hours in a row. And I take that back. And I take that back. He's and not, and he's to be cracker. fair, to be fair, when you started calling him cracker, you, I don't think you actually understood the history behind the word. But I do you, know now. you do, now. I do know now. Also, this is a big. I'm like I'm like holding Jack because this is a big deal that you are <laughs> saying that that Paul Walker is not a cracker right now. Uh, he's not a cracker. It's a he's, big deal. He's a, he he is he's a cookie. He's a sweet sweet little cookie. <sighs> God, you're a piece of shit. He's a good little. You're cookie. the biggest piece of shit I know. <laughs> but I, I, to, to come back to the to like the emotional point I was trying to make was yes. that I Paul Walker's death, at the very least, I, I think shook Vin Diesel to the core, and I think it had a big impact on everyone. Vin Diesel involved. has to have a huge say in this movie, right? I think like, I think well, he's a producer on this movie, but I yeah. think it, it had a big effect on everybody involved in this movie, and it really it, it had. You can feel it just watching the movie, and I say Walker that this movie. Has been in, well, I get, I was gonna say Paul Walker has been in more Fast and the Furious movies than Vin Diesel, but because Vin Diesel's in at the end of Tokyo Drift, it's actually the same. Yeah. That being said, though, the fact that they're neck and neck for these, being in those movies is a big deal in itself, though. It doesn't because matter because these movies that's are the one time in these movies that it's not a race, Robbie. But it's still, but the thing is, fuck you though, because to my point, they're neck and neck. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's not a race. These movies are about oh. being <laughs> being a family and and mattering to each other. Yes. And the reason that we're sitting here having watched now seven of these movies mm-hmm. is because the characters in this in these in this series matter to each other. Yeah. It's this is why the ending of Lost is good fuck you anyone out there who disagrees with me is because it's not about the actual plot points of the series it's, the it's about what the characters mean to each other mm-hmm. and when you put that in the context of real life the meta seeping in a real person involved with this who is a main factor in this production dying during the production it has a lot of weight yeah for sure and it would be like a shame <sighs> I want. I still. I still think we. We're still not talking about the movie <laughs> because Real, I think this. Because I think the movie itself is actually. It really is. It's yeah. kind let's, of weak. It, yeah. The movie it, is. Well, weak. It, and let's it, let's talk weak. about this. Let's talk about this chunk because, like, I agree that like, does this movie have some of the best action scenes out of all the movies? Definitely. Fuck yeah! 
dropping out of fuck, doing a halo jump in a car with set all pieces. the set pieces. It has actions. Okay, fantastic set pieces. Set pieces. Yeah. It has really, really great really set pieces. Really great set pieces. Like when you say action scenes, I think like that's like fights. You're thinking of a John Wick close quarters combat. We're not here. Yeah, I'm thinking about like, and that's not what we're doing. Moments like moment by moment scene. Yeah, like you got set pieces where we're like we're gonna drop fucking cars out of a, out plane, of a plane because in, that's cool, right, guys? And in, everybody at the boardroom goes, "Yeah, that's yeah. cool." We're because that, that that does make sense for upping the ante in these movies. In the most much. grandiose set piece of. Ludicrous's sociopathic. It's literally, I love how well this is working out. We made this joke so much, and then today I was just like, "Did they? Are we right? We're <laughs> right. We are right." Because in this movie, there is a plan to get something. It doesn't matter. It's a plot Who beat cares? to like. And and Ludacris is like, "No, nah, I got a plan." And then he drops them all out of he a drops fucking plane. All of his and best we're friends out, out of a plane, plane. In, plane. in cars. In cars. <laughs> and I'm ex- I'm expecting him to be like, ha ha ha, one of you don't have a parachute. Deal with it. And like it just be. But it's Roman's kind of the character. opposite joke. Yeah. Yeah. But while we're on but ludicrous not, though. But while we're on that subject, today it was revealed. <sighs> today of all days, it is revealed that Fear mm. Factor is coming back on MTV and none other but Ludacris. The 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 Mastermind. master of of trickery yes. and the Riddler, the, the Riddler, Riddler of, of the Fast and the Furious is going to play host and do real psychological damage to reality TV contestants on Fear Factor. Only speaks to every point we've hammered home since Fast Two, which is amazing yes. to me, and I will watch every episode that MTV Christopher, releases. Christopher, if you're out there, we love you. We love, we, you, do. We, we do. love you. We do. We love you so much. You, maybe my favorite character of the ser- series. <laughs> he's so good when he shows up. Well, it's crazy. I mean, like, ever since that, like, Jack brought up, like, why he thought he was just, like, a techie hacker when we were, like, first being like, why is everyone so good at spy stuff? I was just like, I'm, I'm game. Yeah, and he, ro- it, he He's the character who I understand the best now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And everybody's really good at kung fu, too, or some form of martial and, arts. Okay, so I want to speak to... Okay, so remember, like, in Fast Five podcasts... How I was like, I think it's weird that everyone's bar of intelligence has gotten raised to a ridiculous extent. Yep. But I'm happy that it matches what the plot of the movie is. Yep. This movie continues to piss me off. Not piss... Okay, I'm not trying to speak for you guys. This is like really a me thing. The level of like... Because we've been watching these movies back to back to back. The level of just like... These people are actual criminals. Our protagonists are criminals. Yep. Who are now being elevated to like not only do we know spy shit and we're not only spies. not only we're super spies that the FBI are basically contracting like mercenaries to work for them. We also all like like even Ludacris does crazy kung fu to people and like Ludacris like the way I always saw that character and it's a little bit of a tangent. The way I always saw Ludacris was not someone who can really do like the hand to hand dirty work, but more of the computer dirty work. In, if anything, in, in Too Fast Too Furious, he doesn't even want to drive, like at yes, all. Yes, exactly. So for him to well, kind he got, of know, he got in trouble for driving, right? So now he's like, now I just sit back and I, I let the money roll in. I let the money roll in. Yeah, but I like now, doing stunts to people because I hate lives. Now he does car stunts and also computer stuff and also kung fu. I guess. 
so like well, I guess remember like, in the first the first time we were ever introduced to him, he was able to change traffic lights, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. In Too Fast Too Furious, that was his whole thing. It was like I can control traffic lights, and now you guys can which drive ha- through which these helped things. us understand why he could do crazy computer hacker. Right. They things. just they just yeah. hook that up to. And his character, and his character since Vin then, Diesel was he, just an underground street racer. And for him to and be, now all of a sudden he's like Robin Hood. Paul Walker was just like a, an undercover cop. The fact that now he's yeah, got military. The fact that Vin Diesel can fight Jason Statham kung fu style with swords that are wrenches. Hmm. Oh, two-handed wrenches. Which I'm not trying to say. Look, I'm not trying to look, give this movie too okay. much realistic credit, but I just I, my mind is just like I can't. Vin Diesel can't do it. Can Dominic Toretto? Can you Can not fight Jason Statham? Yes. Who fights? I don't give a shit what that guy's name is. But can he? he cannot are you fight saying that Jason he can fight Statham. Shaw though? No, Shaw. Like he Shaw can't, and like, what, Deckard, well, Deckard Shaw is his name. Before we even get to, to Vin Diesel fighting Jason Statham, let's talk about The Rock fighting Jason Statham because that's maybe one of the big that's first action movies of uh, action, action scenes that, of movie. this movie is. Jason Statham fighting Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is sitting in his FBI office, checking off, like, stamping, we fucking got this guy with his big-ass red but FBI also, stamp. But also, like, you know, and as then, much as we are Vin Diesel fans, we are Dwayne fans. Of course we are. 100%. And we love Dwayne, muscle boys. Dwayne is just stamping off people who he's fucking got with Hard his FBI's big-ass red FBI stamp. With a towel over his shoulder because he just hurts he and sweats, sweats baby all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. And Jason Statham picks a fight with him and takes multiple punches to the weird, face. In a weird scene. From that Dwayne scene The Rock Johnson cool, and can take weird. it. Yeah. Like, he takes at least one punch to the face. If your strategy as Jason Statham mm. fighting Dwayne The Rock Johnson is mm. not... Never get hit by anything this man throws at you the whole time. Like, use maybe your smaller size and speed to get around everything that Dwayne The Rock Johnson, a gigantic muscle god of a man. But the thing is, like, we're down with that fight. Like, I'm down for the fight where Jason Statham... I'm down with the fight where Jason Statham was just, like, so quick where he avoids punches and he's, like, pressure pointing... Hitting Dwayne the Rock I agree with you. If that's how it was, that's that would how work. It sh- that's, uh, that's like the fight I wanted. Except no, because Jason Statham takes multiple punches to the face. To the door. And also gets rock bottom through a fucking glass table. Rock bottom. That scene was dope. I don't mean to say that the fight scenes between them wasn't awesome. The, the, listen, ever since Dwayne the Rock Johnson got into these movies since Fast Five, the hand-to-hand combat, which is never really a thing in the movies... Has only gotten to hundred and ten percent. Oh yeah, yeah. They it's brought like, in a it's fight not, choreographer. Is it John? Is it John Wick levels? No. Is it like getting mm. there? Yes. Well, if it was John, are we gonna Wick, get there in Fear of the Furious? I think we are. If it was John Wick, it'd be Vin Diesel shooting people in the head at close range. If it was John Wick. Everyone would be in a leg bar. I like Jason Statham <laughs> being able to. That whole first thing, like him going to Hobbs first and fighting. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, one on one, without a gun, specifically. Like they point that out. We, yeah. Is all is all about setting up three things. It's mm-hmm. he's dangerous. We've already seen Dwayne Johnson. We've already seen Hobbs and Dom fight each other yeah. in Fast Five. 
and it was kind of at a stalemate. It, it right. was kind of this thing where we never found out which one is the toughest, which one will win. And I have a feeling that we we're going to get that in the next one. Uh, fair. I really totally have a feeling that that's, yeah. it's been moving uh, that. Yeah. That's a good point. We yep. don't know who is tougher. So in this one, it's all about taking the rock out of the equation. Yeah. So they're like, we need to get him in a fight. And it ends up that he loses not because he's not tougher because he has to or save better. someone because he has to save somebody, but right. also too there's a cheap shot by Jason Statham. The whole thing Who always has a shit. Is, he yeah. always just has a grenade on. He's, he's got, grenade. Well, no, not, not he's the grenade, grenade the boy. Glass, the glass he cuts his legs. Oh, ah, in a real I quick think the grenades way, the real no, cheap as shot. As soon as that happens, because he has that grenade on him the whole time and get the grenade and do all that stuff. But it's he not even has a grenade. the grenade the whole time, though, Mike. It's not even a grenade. It's yeah. a golden eye proximity mine that he just pulls out <laughs> of nowhere. It's a weird. It really is. Exactly it's a weird. It's a weird rhombus of explosives that he. Jason Statham in this movie acts as the Terminator. He is the Terminator. He is the guy that no matter who you, what you throw at him, you throw the rock at him, you throw like explosions at him. And we also, we also have to talk about him as, we have to also understand Jason Statham Statham being in this movie as much, like, we're going to talk to some of the meta elements of this movie later because this movie has some serious points of it, but to have, when this movie came out, to have Dwayne The Rock Johnson fight one of the biggest other action movie stars being... Jason Statham is a huge... That's what these movies are doing. They're collecting action stars. They're but like, but yeah, I think... Got... But the thing is, like, we're not at the point like, that... They also even... got Kurt Russell in this movie. For sure. But we also have to understand that, like, we're watching this movie not in a vacuum, but we have a different kind of, like, eye watching this movie. We're historians. We're historians. We also have to acknowledge the fact that this is a fight scene that is, like, it is Hobbs versus Shaw. Really, though, it's Dwayne The Rock Johnson fighting Jason Statham. Jason Statham having an entire repertoire of action, kung fu, fighting, crazy, transporters, and beyond movies. Like this is the fight scene that fans, He's also in theory, would have like all... collecting sweetheart action stars. The thing is, they are collecting. So. They're all collecting like sweethearts. But like that's what I'm Dwayne, trying to say, though. Dwayne is a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. Let's not. Sweetheart. Let's not mince words. I guess, here. I guess what I'm trying to say is the reason that they are comparable fighters is because like this is the fight scene you guys always fucking wanted, and the Rock Johnson punched him once in the face and he died, which is how it actually would go. We wouldn't be as interested. Yeah, you're not allowed to get punched in the face. The thing is, like, you want... The thing is, like, when people come to see Jason Statham in the movie, what do you guys want to see him do? Some crazy kung fu shit. Some more, like, spy stuff. Yeah, like, you want to see him do have, spy stuff. Which is which is good with the glass and the, the golden eye yeah, proximity. He uses his a knowledge a It's a little, little weird that this guy is considered... He's so feared mm-hmm. by all these people because, like, they sent, like, six operatives after him and then he, like, disappeared off the, the map. Yeah. And, like, he really cannot kill any of Dom's crew, with the exception of Han, who he just, that's like, a, crashed into. That's a really like, good... Like, you can't get any of them. Verge, that's, like, actually a really good point. Makes me think that maybe... He can't really maybe, do anything. Maybe, maybe he doesn't really want to, deep down. Maybe he wants to be in the next movie and, and be hey, a good guy. yo, Luke Evans is totally... Now, and that's another thing, too. They, they set it up. They set it up. I know that he's coming in, and he's got to team up and help him out. But I really hope that they don't integrate him in because at Luke the end Evans. of the day, no, Jason Statham, uh, Deckard. He's Deckard in. The, you, you've seen the trailer. He's in Fast. He's 8. in that. Yeah, and I know that they integrate He's him the into prison. it to like do something for a plot point in that. But I hope that he continues to be a bad guy because 
he doesn't have any redemptive qualities in this. He like he's a he bad killed, guy to the very Han. last scene. Yeah. Well, killed, the thing is, like, his he, only reason for doing he what he does to is to people. get. Yeah, he's only trying to get redemption for his dead brother. He's which, not we, dead. Which who's not or redemption yeah, for his, his okay, uh, for his back, for his critically injured bro. Yeah, disabled. And yeah, like I think we and the like word he uses. Yeah, I guess so. He's burnt up a little. He's got some two-faced face. He's doing a lot better than he should be, by all rights. He fell out of an airplane. What's, what's better than a bad guy with half a burnt face? Oh. A bad guy with half a burnt face, where you know where that burnt face came from. I'll, all I'm going to say is that he dies, uh, was it Luke Evans? He dies the same way that Gail Godot dies in that movie. Except I don't he doesn't think she's die. going back. <laughs> she's not coming back. They're not bringing her back. She's busy now. She's doing wonders. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like whether or not you're busy. Or but I mean, also too, like, I, I really feel like The Rock was busy during this movie, and he was like, "I'll uh, be in the beginning and the end." Did you hear me tell I Jack? Know. I was just like, "Why is The Rock not in this movie?" I think that he was doing another movie. The Rock's like, in a shit ton of movies. The thing is, like, and maybe he's pretty busy now. I think. Okay, I'm gonna bring up this point, and I think we can kind of start to segue to the big Paul Walker stuff, which should take up the the last major chunk of the podcast. Oh, if you say so. I mean, who cares? I mean, if we want to stray, I mean, I, I'm down for this. I'm always down for a two-hour podcast. Listen, let's know it. This is the last one that we're watching in a living room. I'm not calling time on this. We're gonna go. We're going. We're doing it. So, I I want to talk about Kurt Russell. Yeah. A little bit. I just want to touch on Kurt Russell. I want to talk on the whole. Let's... I want to talk on the whole the plot point of Kurt Russell because. Kurt Russell approaches Vin Diesel specifically Dom's character uh, Vin Diesel's character Dom uh-huh. <laughs> like yo we need you as like a super spy to get this um, eagle eye plot device so that you can catch Jason State Jason Statham and like use CCTV surveillance to find out where Jason Statham's gonna be which I find really ironic because where Jason Statham is going to be at every point in this movie is right behind you, Vin Diesel. So, like, you don't have to look far. Yeah. But, I don't know. What did you guys think of Kurt I, Russell? I think that there's well, something first kind of, of all, funny about that. That the whole point of them trying to get this key, the skeleton key that's going to allow them to find Jason Statham anytime they want. And literally every time they're doing a mission to get that, Jason Statham just shows up and he's just like... Here I am. I'm the Terminator. I'm here to kick your ass. That's kind of like, so the big kind of like gap in this movie for me of what we're watching is like, I don't know what the conflict is. Because I thought when we're coming to this movie, I thought this movie was going to be about Jason Statham targeting and trying to assassinate every member of the crew which mm-hmm. is true which is true but almost comedic in the way that he just kind of shows up he's when the crew not, is trying to do something else the sense but that then, we've built what his legend is but the thing is it doesn't make any sense that's fair i mean that's fair but the thing is like so like we have this understanding of what this plot point could be but then we also get this like other like they have to find this usb that what does it do again the skeleton key it's the eagle eye device it can spot any person via any cell phone camera whatever that you it's like the ending of dark knight they call it the god they call it the god eye they call it the god eye which is the patriot act on track on crack which Mm -hmm. is also what they have in the end of dark knight like 
I and Shia just... LaBeouf tries to destroy it. Yeah, and it's weird that he's in this movie. <laughs> it, no, it's weird. I, like, I agree yeah. that it's it's weird that we have. This it complicates thing. the plot where it's like I think of over surveillance is a very big thing in culture right now. And, and also when keep, and when that movie came in movies for a while. But also like two years ago when that movie came out, I think it's like a tell end of like when we're really seeing it in movies. When we first start seeing it in movies is I really think Dark Knight. Yeah, I think a lot of Fast and the Furious movies like look at Dark Knight for a lot of inspiration. Like, I've mentioned it before in other podcasts, and I do think You're that, You're not like, wrong in that. You're yeah, not wrong in that They at all. are looking at that movie. Did they get the idea from that? No, no. Maybe. Eh. Did they go, would that idea fly? They definitely got that from Dark Knight, because... Yeah, for sure. Like, oh, people understand what that is. They the get, God Eye is yeah. the Patriot Act. And the thing is, like, when, we, when you see Dark Knight do it, it's a little bit more subdued mm-hmm. you know they have batman standing in front of a hundred computer screens you kind of you kind of just understand what it, dark knight is one of the well, it's dark, well dark knight's really cool because it, it's, it's just like oh do you dude yeah dark knight's really cool because it's, it's just tiny. like it's like oh you hate george bush are you sure but it was also watch, pre watch the batman pre-revelation that the fbi is actually doing this at all, all times these things do yeah or at least before like confirmed like, which i'm not actually sure did that did that whole Snowden leak come out before or after Fast 7? Before yeah, it 7. had to be. It had to be, right? If Fast 7 came out two years ago, yeah. then it had to be. Yeah. Citizen 4 came out, yeah, like at least, at the least three years ago from yeah. right now. Hmm. I mean, they could Did be you see like. a new one that she's coming out with? No. The director that made uh, Citizen 4 is coming out with one about Julian Assange called Risk that she's been making for six years. And she started out making it as one thing, and then the 2016 election happened, and she was like, wait, what's going on here? And kept... All bets are off. Finding stuff, it, and yeah. it's... The trailer is so uncomfortable, because you're like, I don't feel like I know what's going on in this movie. Oh, that's right. That's because I don't know what the fuck's going on in this world. I don't know what's going on in real life. Right. Just make Armageddon. God, I... Just make Armageddon. I, yeah, and I, I think the whole that? that's gonna come be hot on the mic. Thanks, You'll Robbie. Um, oh boy, I, the whole actual plot of this movie I think is all over the place. Like all yeah. the Kurt Russell stuff. Like it's it was interesting to see Kurt Russell in this movie. Although it was a, it I think he, I mean it was interesting to get him. Kurt Russell totally phoned this this whole movie in, and also Did modern. It, it also me of, modern day uh, Kurt Russell. Don't let him on screen without a beard. Yes. Oh. Well, Jack, speaking to like with Kurt Russell, like it it speaks to me like um, how we felt about John Goodman during Kong. That's how I felt about totally. Kurt Russell. Like yeah. it's like the same kind of like he doesn't give a shit. He does like, not seem to care he that much. Care, yeah. Don't be mean to Kurt Russell. I don't you want to be mean to Kurt you Russell. You were the first one to say that he was phoning it in. No, and you were actually you he were. Is, Robbie, but, like, but I'm not going to say don't give him work. I'm not, saying, I'm not no. saying that to give him work. No, no, no give him work. That. Give no, him work. Just that. make him grow a beard first. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody looks good with a beard. But especially Kurt Russell. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. He looks great with a beard. He does. But he can't have it all the time. Why the fuck Stop not? Stop my mic. You said that, like I'm supposed to know what it means. Stuntman Mike, Death yeah. Proof. 
Oh, right. Mm. Okay, whatever. Yeah, he looks great in that. Sorry, I don't know the character name from Death Proof. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I it's forgive fine. you. I think... I mean, he services his point in... Like, he does what he's supposed to do in the movie, where he's... Mr. Nobody... What's the name of the... Jackie would know this. What's the name of the character in uh, Mass Effect 2, where he's the leader The elusive of man. He is the elusive man... And and birds, you know this too. He I know is this as well. He is the elusive man mm-hmm. of this movie. I also movie. think that Mister Nobody is a great name. It is a great name. That is must name. have been used before. Yeah, had to have had to. Well, have been the thing used is, like, I like, we're watching this movie. I'm just like, what is he doing? You're like, oh, he's Mister Nobody. I was like, oh, never mind. I have no more questions. Right. I understand what he is. He's like, a, he's a nameless FBI syndicate and it, of this world. It is cool how they bring it all around. Like he gives them this job to pull off so that he could help them get Jason Statham in the end. You ex- right. they do the job, they pull it off, they get they achieve the objective that he wants them to get. They get a physical item for him. They hand over that physical item and you expect him to go full like, like he's going to just switch on him. Mm-hmm. And then he's like Okay, and right. he hands it right back yeah. to them because that's what they need to get Jason you Statham. Did, and you're like, you oh, cool. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Is that of... weak or is that... No, no, no that's, that's awesome. a perfect Good. example yeah. of them doing that like over-the-top trust right. that they have with family. Like, this guy helped us get this far. We're going to do him right, and we're going to do exactly what we said we would do. We got it, mm-hmm. and we're going to give it to him, even if he's going to screw us over because he hasn't he hasn't done anything yet. And they give it to him, and there's this whole moment where you think that they set him up. Now he's gonna take yeah. it, and he's like, "Well, okay, that's right. So now take it back and and find find Decker." It's a fun like playing against your expectations of that yeah. character. Yeah. Really for good. for a crew that, that really trope, should that kind yeah. of that kind of idea. We've seen that scene in movies, video games, tons, just described like that kind of guy. Yeah. Um, I kind of remember my point I wanted to bring up earlier, which is about the production of the movie and why like, we see Jason, why we see Dwayne the Rock Johnson so little, and because like they have to work around Paul Walker's death, and like I think the reason we see the reason this movie is the story that it is is because of Paul Walker's death, and I'm curious what you guys do. You guys think the narrative of this movie would have been different if Paul Walker was alive? I'm not ready to talk about Paul Walker's death yet. I'm trying to talk about the narrative of the movie, though. I think we should... Still, we still have some time. I think we should should finish our thoughts on the movie itself before we, like, really dive Get in. Get in there? Okay. What did you guys think of... Um, I mean, Kurt Russell is one... Kurt Russell, we've talked about. Jason Statham, we've talked about. Yeah. Really the only other, like, big new character in this movie that I think is going to be in also... That Fate of the Furious, I'm pretty sure, is um, what's the hacker's name? The hacker. Oh, it's Melisandre uh, from Game of Thrones. Ramsey. 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 Yeah. Any thoughts on her? I was confused when she showed up. I wasn't exactly sure what was going on. Too. I did not know what was going. That's why I. Well, you guys remember I asked her in the movie. I was like, "Are we supposed to know who she is?" And you guys, oh, she's Ramsey. I was like, "Well, he says, are you Ramsey?" And yeah. if you weren't paying. Attention during the whole Kurt Russell setup scene, like where he says that we, there's an unidentified hacker, Ramsey. Yeah. Um, That's who she. You is. probably would have missed that, but yeah. 
It was Loki. No, I, I heard that. She's getting it's that when, actress when, is getting. When, I don't know her name. Paul Walker but goes in there and and fights his way to the back and Kung gets, his way over there. Gets yeah. gets to the cage. He sees her and I'm like, oh, I thought Ramsey was going to be like a bad guy or something. That's what I was led to believe that Ramsey was this hacker that like built this like super crazy scary thing. Yeah, and they've got this girl like trapped there, and I was like, is that Ramsey? And then he asks her. Are you Ramsey? And I didn't hear her say yes. I heard her say, like, don't hurt me. And I think that was supposed to be taken as, yeah, I'm Ramsey, don't hurt me. But I was like, oh, wait, is Ramsey just not on, and they've not on the the bus, and they've got this girl instead? And then I realized about five minutes later... That's who it is. They were protecting her so much. I was like, oh, wait, this is supposed to be Ramsey, and she's somebody where, like... She's being held against her will. She just came up with this yeah. program, like kind of by accident, or like not for the people that it's being being served to. That's the thing. Like the middle chunk of this movie is like almost a different movie than the rest. Mm, maybe just the end. Maybe just the end. I think that's what you're trying to say. I guess so. I just like I really like when we. I feel like the the phrase "this movie is all over the place" gets thrown out a lot with like a lot of like movies you don't fully understand. And we've said it on other fat. We've said it like Fast Six. You said like this movie is all over the place. This, this movie, movie is, really... is actually all over the place. And this movie is literally yes. all over the place. It is like you said, Mike. A tribute to editing. Yeah, because they the really had it co- to do the reason it cohesively cohesively makes sense is because there is someone really good in editing. Chair. There is some editing miracle Mastermind work going on. Shit going which on. Uh, yeah. real quick, I just want to talk about the Tokyo scene where they <laughs> they in the same two minutes show you uh, the actual shot from Tokyo Drift where... And we have to talk about it because like, I had to rewind and show you guys because I, scre- I was screaming You were upset. It. It's yeah. the scene from Tokyo Drift, Drift where Vin Diesel is actually there. Yes. Where they show Lil Bow Wow and uh, Slipknot Kid, what do you call him? Rickshaw Kid? Not, not Slip... Uh, slip... slip uh, the movie that you know him from. Burge. Me? Yes. Yes. Slip. Slip? Oh, God fuck. damn it. Fuck you. His name is Sean in the movie. <laughs> in Tokyo Drift. Yeah, yeah. in He's Tokyo Drift. He's our main character in Tokyo Drift. They show the shot of him from 2000. Oh, Sling Blade? There you yes. go. Yes. Oh, there we go. <laughs> they show yes. him They show him as a seven, quote unquote 17 year old as he's kid. supposed to be in Tokyo Drift. And the thing is, like, we know in Tokyo Drift that he's not 17 years old. But whatever. It yeah. was shot in 2006. Yeah. But when he's 25 years old, it looks okay to be a 17 year old. Right. When he's, Agreed. When he's like 35. And then they, then they, within. 10 seconds cut to him, him talking to Vin Diesel in a scene that they had shot for this movie. Which is the actual bridge between... It's it's like the real bridge between Tokyo Drift and... And again, Fast Chris and Morgan. Movies. Yeah. Tokyo Drift was his first one. He created those characters. Right. Yeah. And at the end of Furious 6, he incorporated those characters back into... He did the retconning himself. Because he knows yeah. that everybody doesn't like Tokyo Drift. We like it, and I think we, he, I, we're hot. I, th- I think he fixed it, yeah, because I didn't yeah. like Tokyo Drift the first time I saw it, but after watching it, after seeing everything else it that leads back up in. to that, definitely, yeah. 
But anyway, it's... Am I, am I saying I don't like the fact that they really did this extra connective tissue? No, I think that I think that scene... No, I think it's that fine. That scene on paper is fine and great and fits into the normalcy of I just Fast think it's Furious. really, really, really funny he that they chose to use... fucking old. They chose to use the actual shot from 2006 Tokyo Drift and then go directly to... Yeah. 2015... They probably shot in 2014. Yeah. Fast 7, Furious 7, yeah. with 2014 Vin Diesel. Because we're seeing Bow Wow, I'm just like, that Bow Wow guy. don't look like that no more. Nope. And then we're seeing that kid, I'm just like, that kid don't look that like that. And like when we see Sean next to Vin Diesel, I'm like, you guys are the same age. Yeah. Like, you like, guys oh, are dude, like you, the same You can't thing. be a 17-year-old anymore. Like, yeah. you're, it's not too bad. Like, it's it's not too bad. And it's not the in a movie offender, where they edit, but... in a movie where they CG Paul Walker's face onto Paul Walker's brother's this is body. Not the worst it's definitely not the most jarring thing to see, but you're definitely like, whoa, hang on, yeah. hold on. I like, they did no okay job. They did fine, yeah. but still, I, I think it was jarring. He's wearing the same color shirt. Yeah, he's wearing a black t-shirt. Yeah, the continuity mm-hmm. guy on set was really good. Mm-hmm. I, I I just think it's a little <laughs> funny. I think it's a, like a, a funny thing to bring up. I thought it looked weird. I brought it up the most when we were watching the movie. But I also was just like, guys, look at his fucking forehead. Like this dude's old now. Like he's no, old he's like dude. a full ten years older. Like, like and he looks like it. The series has been going on for a long time. For longer. I also I, I was kind of hoping that he'd like go back with them. Over I there. had a little bit of a spoiler because I went on the Fast and the Fast Seven like IMDb page after we watched Fast Six, and I saw that he was in. I saw that like he was like billed as someone in Fast Seven. I knew that he was in Fast. I knew 7. he was in Fast Seven in some yeah, capacity because I'd seen like pictures and stuff on. That's online. the thing. Like I kind of hope that he was like going to be like a part of the team. It's cool that they brought him back at least a little bit. I guess a little bit. Yeah. They got him. We have a soft spot for Tokyo Drift because I think of the way that we watch these movies. 100%. Yes. And it was cool for us having just watched Tokyo Drift to see him in it. I think for most other people it was enough to have like the the two minute scene of him in it because he's most people do not like Tokyo Drift. Speaking of movies most people do not like I caught that guy from Too Fast, Too Furious in the quick shot of the scene where they're... called that. Yeah, they're in that first action scene, first major set piece where they're dropping the cars out. Yeah. There's They're racing people, and there's a close-up mm. shot of one of the like unnamed driver. They... <laughs> they <laughs> They have a close-up on this guy's face right as they, like, incinerate his car into, like, a tree branch yeah, or something. Yeah, it's a close-up like, on this dude like, dying, on a basically. Second. And it turns out they reuse the same actor from Too Fast, Too Furious that they win the pink slip off of in the drag race yeah. between um, Brian and Rome, mm-hmm. which I think is fucking hilarious. And we that had to pause a, it we and had go to back pause and, and be IMDb like, this is an insane that's a crazy easter egg. Bro. Yeah, it's like, a cool. Dope. It's cool. It's a funny thing for them to do. They yeah. know that they've built a thing over yeah, the course of these cool, seven like, movies. And like that being said, like we were so we were watching the movie with uh, my roommate who has not been on any of the podcasts and has not been watching the the movies the the same way we have been and yeah. he even and he, he got it. He was just like like, Jack kind of brought up, and he was just like, no, Jack's right. Like, yeah. Jack's like a hundred... Well, he didn't even say, like, you were right. He, like, knew even before you were going to say it. He was just like, that's the guy from Fast 2. And we were just like, 
I was like, when did you see Fast 2? He's like, when it came out. (laughs) I don't fucking know. I was like, you're bomb, dude. Mike now owes me, quote, a bunch of money because he bet against me. I checked to a bunch. I would bet tons and tons of money that that wasn't him. Because it sounded so ridiculous. Yeah, you were yeah. You, you're a handshake away from from betting away your life savings mm. to me and losing. Mm. Yeah. You know the slide. difference between winning and losing? Quarter mile or something. That's it. Yeah. It's that easy. No, it doesn't matter if you win by a mile or a quarter mile. It doesn't matter if you. We got to get this quote right because this is the whole name of the podcast. Quarter mile. Oh wait, you don't actually know it. Do you? Yeah. Okay. All right, go ahead. I love that first movie. Enlighten us. You've seen oh, that first movie a million times. It doesn't times. matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Almost had me. You never had your car. Mm. All right, let's talk about Paul Walker dying. Yeah, are, we, are we here? Jesus. This is time. We all cried at the end of this movie. I. All three of us. I. So I remember I knew-ish... What was going to happen at the end of this movie? I knew that there was a send-off to Paul Walker. I remember thinking to myself, I'm not going to be emotional by the end of it. You were waiting for Paul Walker to be killed off during the movie. Because I remember hearing, and I I like the way that I thought it was going to happen. I thought that they were going to kill him off. There's no way they're going to do that. There were people, and like now thinking, now seeing the way they did it, I'm like, oh, it's way more tastefully done not to kill, not to murder him. Like, because the only way to appropriately murder Paul Walker is him just getting like mowed down by machine guns in like a way that no one wants to see. They're not after knowing what a real person. Well, okay, this is a movie. This is a series about driving cars. Yes. There is no way on planet Earth that they're going to kill Paul Walker in, in a, a series about driving cars in a car. Nope. Mm-mm. And they're not going to just shoot him. So I, there's no way that they could kill him off in this movie. There's, there's no, no way. There's no. no way they could tastefully do it. No. And I realized that kind of like once we were in the last act of the movie. The last lap. Like, the last lap of the movie Tons. where he's putting on his like FBI vest and shit like that I'm like well he's not gonna die here like, I really that's like not the moment, like what's gonna happen I like the yeah. moment when they're gearing up for the last scene and he it's puts cool, on the FBI yo. vest and it still says FBI on the vest and he rips the FBI part off I like that that shit's good I mean that's like the, half the reason we fucking watch these movies like that is that shit um yeah I was crying at the end of this movie yeah, I should like, too. Leg- like legitimately yeah, no, crying. Yeah. When I saw this movie in the theater when it came out, I definitely had, some, had tears, some tears, and yeah. I had some tears again this time watching it. Because the way they, they do play it, it, right? Because well, there's no, there's no other way to play it. It's not. Uh, there's no, there's no real movie magic in it. No, it's we're being exposed to the raw nerve that all of these filmmakers, from the actors and the producers, the directors. There's this raw nerve that they've had exposed throughout this entire movie. And when you watch it and you understand that Paul Walker died during making this and they continued to make it to honor him, you can't help but notice it. And you yeah. try to get into the movie and try and get into the fun and the jokes. And you do because the fun and the jokes are fun and are good. funny. Yeah. yeah. And at the end, it's got nothing to do with um prose it's got nothing to do with uh how it's shot 
how it's executed. Yeah. It's all we're all in the same room and we all understand that we I lost called this it, dude. I called it meta, but I almost don't think it's like it's more of a tribute. Like it's not yeah. that it's meta. They close out the story. Yeah, it's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just for Paul. It's yeah, just, it's just for him. And it ends saying for Paul. For Paul. Mm-hmm. And like the thing is, like we none of us. And you're crying before it says for Paul. Well, yeah, I, mean, I was, I was, I like, for Paul, I legit threw my fun. phone across the room, being like, I cannot believe this is the fucking way they did it because like the last real scene you see with Paul Walker is they're on a highway. It's him and Dom racing like they do, playing that song, doing their shit. And then Paul veers off into another lane. The and other they, lane being yeah. where Gandalf and Frodo go yeah. at the end of Return of the King. Uh, and Dom goes on to Fast 8. They go their separate ways. They and, do their thing, and yeah. So when Fast, when Furious 7 came out the first time, mm-hmm. I was really touched by the way that they, they ended that movie. And I think, like, you, you touched on this, Mike. I think the way, the, the way that people's reaction to this movie is very much colored by this whole meta narrative that happened with paul walker's death you know that paul walker does regardless of how good or not good the movie is it has so much weight to it outside of the actual merits of the film because of what happened surrounding this film and the way that they pulled off this movie regardless of what happens surrounding this film yeah and the weight that that has for the people, all the people involved, and for you as the viewer, that this is such a like a, a <laughs> an uncharacteristically poetic and subtle, and well, not even subtle, but like it, it really has, like, it, yeah, it, it's it makes un- sense. It's, like it, uh, these movies have always had heart, and we've talked about that a lot. Yeah. But like to really lean into that for this in this moment i think means a lot and i think really like for a movie that you know watching this movie again with more of a critical eye that we've we've had seeing this it's like okay this movie's kind of dumb but yeah seeing that ending again i was like no nope this is fine this is all good because of this ending and because of the way they they rode out and they kind of ride off into the sunset in their opposite directions and that is really powerful and i think that means a lot I think that Fate of the Furious is going to do a lot, of, a lot of retconning in terms of, like, the story threads left at the end of this movie are kind of fucking stupid. Yeah, and, and the, this is where I'm going and with Fast this. Fast Eight is going to kind of, like, really fold hang on, on itself. Hang on, this is where Please, I'm going yeah. with this, because I, this would have been a really amazing and yeah. finale to the Fast and the Furious series. This there is no better ending you could assign to the Fast and the Furious series no. than this ending. Yes. But here's the punchline, gentlemen, that I've been saving for this. Fast and the Furious Seven, Furious Seven, globally made one point five billion dollars. That's the most. That's a lot of fuck. That's twice that's as much as Fast Six. A lot man. of money. I wonder why. Well, yeah. And I'm curious to see what Fate does this weekend and and for the rest of the time that it comes out. Because I mean, the hype is real for this movie. It's not I'm because excited. because I'm I mean, because people don't see the movie as like oh Paul Walker. 
But logically, the movie has just like Fast and the Furious. As a studio, you cannot make one point five billion dollars globally from a movie and say, "Ah, well, we're done," because like this is a a very poignant end to the series. No, no, Vin Diesel says that Fate of the Furious is the best movie you've ever seen. But regardless of him saying that, but like, what what was the other part of the article? We always forget to bring up. It's all for for Paul. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's always all. It's always going to be for Paul, for sure. From now on. Yeah. Yeah. But that's fine. Good. But can you imagine if they had ended on that scene? Like that scene that left the three of us in tears. They would never, they would never. The thing is, like, that scene was to end Brian's story. Because the thing is, like, they, they could have just killed him off. They didn't, which is tasteful. But the thing is, they. They gave him a more. Well, they were just like, he has to be a dad now. Right. And the thing is, like, they ended... He has they, to go off and start his own family. The ending, the ending of that story... The ending of Fast 7 was... Furious the 7. End, the ending of Fuck. The ending of Furious 7 was... They ended Brian's story by being like, he has to be a dad now. And then they ended Paul Walker's story of being this movie. And, like, it poetically speaks to the way that... Like, we all can't get the names of the characters versus the actors' names right. They're synonymous for us. They're synonymous. And the thing is, like, it's not like it's not synonymous for anyone else. It's not like we're all that unique in the way that we see these characters. Vin and Dom are the same. And the thing is, Vin Diesel's cool with that. Brian and Paul are the same. Which is why they had to end two stories. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's one, and that's... Vin beautifully Diesel, done in this movie Vin Diesel and, sure. and Paul Walker had a really strong friendship outside of these movies they had to have and yeah I, seeing Vin Diesel say goodbye to his friend in this way is like touching yeah in, beautiful in such, an, yeah. In, in such a an open thread in such an open way just out there like yeah. this is this is how I say goodbye to my friend my, yeah. my friend who wasn't only my friend he was my partner in the art form that I care the most about. And this is how I say goodbye to him in the art form, in the franchise of the art form yeah. that we both cared so much about. That's the perfect way to do it. It is the best. It's fucking sad. It's, it's really sad. It's touching. That's, it's sad that's why we were crying. Like the, the, the whole it, it touches movie, all the emotions. The whole movie, we were being such like douchebags about being like, hey, he sees you the whole time. We yeah, get that. We, like there, there were which is there's moments where you're I'm like, not saying we're bad is people. This, is this wrong to be like tearing this apart like this, like we usually do, because it starts to hit you where like there's something else deeper than this. Like yeah. this isn't just a movie. Like this is this movie was this made is a the eulogy. Way, this, this is a eulogy. Yeah, this is yeah. a eulogy. They're at funeral. They're at graveyards a lot during this movie. And like, holy shit, the moment where where Rome says to Brian, like I can't go to another funeral. And then Paul Walker Brian says back to Roman, there's going to be just one one more. more. Like, holy shit. That's a fucking moment. When did they write that line? I want to know. Because he says there's going to be one more. And then is like referencing Jason Statham. I don't know if that was. But like. I think that's something that's left over from originally. uh, Hopefully, but. Man. Fuck. Yeah, I don't think that that's something that they would do. Yeah. intentionally that's a little too like uh on the nose on the nose disrespectful from certain points of view i mean that's the reason we didn't get a big shootout 
Yeah. That's the reason we didn't see Paul Walker get held down by yeah, no, Which we you, got, you we could have seen him do like a great action the scene is, here. Yeah. We got to see him deliver some to see dramatic him ride, moments there. To see him ride off as a competent driver into the sunset is the best ending for him. Whereas like Arnold Schwarzenegger, say Arnold Schwarzenegger died during the filming of a crazy action movie. Like Terminator 2? The appropriate ending for his... I'm Fuck you. The appropriate ending for that character, or for, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, would be, like, die in a hail of fire. Because it's like, he would have always wanted that. Or, like, not even, like, that Or, like, die with, like, a thumbs up at the end. Yeah, and he has, like, 10,000 bullets in him. He's just like, I guess I'm made of, like, metal liquid. I don't know things about Terminator 2. <laughs> I guess there's... The, yeah, like, you're saying, like, yeah. there really is this there's kind appropriate... of artistry to... That send-off. Appropriately sending off. Yeah. Yes. Uh, someone who is a mainstay of a franchise that will continue on because it's so beloved. Yes, for sure. You know, like, the only reason that they were able to get away with sending him off, like, like sending Paul off like that at the end with that epilogue is because they knew that he was just as beloved by the fans as yeah. he was by the people that he knew Definitely. and that he worked with. And we yeah. also knew that, like... It just it is an appropriate for him. It's the same, and the thing is, like, the way that they did a send off for him, it makes Fast Eight is going to be a weird, yeah, fucking movie. Do you think yeah. we'll get a graveyard scene in Fast Eight with Vin? Dude, I know. I don't, I don't think. think I, don't I don't think. think I don't think they're gonna touch that. Gonna let him Bri- the Brian's, idea that he lived Brian, out his life. Brian and Mia are because because Brian's not dead. No, Brian's no, not Brian's Paul Walker is going to live his life, but like, how do they incorporate Brian like, and Mia and somebody that's like, they don't come up like at all. Just, he doesn't even communicate the, with the them? Thing is gonna be you so... think there'll be a, a throwaway line where it's like, no. me and Brian are doing absolutely fine. No, I don't, I don't think he's coming at all. Yeah, I think I it's, think I think it's because, it. because Dom is being the character he's being, which is this betrayal type character. Right. That we know from the trailer. It could be overlooked, but you can't do that for too many more. Mia's a character. She's uh, no, I mean, that's totally valid. Eventually. I think that, though, I think that, you know, eight could buy him time. It's true. I think eight's going to buy him time. When it comes to that aspect of the movie, eight's going to buy him time. When it comes to, I think what eight, what eight is really trying to do is invest us as an audience into a different... Right arc that we haven't seen before it was never it was about yeah. dom and brian at the beginning yes it's about the family at this point at this point and, and remember and even like in terms of like movie critiques and things like that remember how i really hardcore critiqued six as being like it's they're hammering the structure it has sequel fatigue i don't know how i feel about this movie right seven super fucking weird because of a lot of different things I had to do but seven was trying to be a different movie though at the end of the day, I think Seven was trying to be a different movie. I think Seven could have suffered from six problems if Paul Walker didn't die. Eight is almost like a blessing in disguise for the franchise because it's just like Paul Walker's dead. We cannot do the same movie. We can't make the same yeah, movie anymore. Really we can't. To, we have to do back and see like right, we have to we do, do a different movie, you know, right. and like. Having it, it, I don't know. Is the same director for seven the same director as eight? No, the director for eight is uh, the guy that just did Straight Out of Compton. Um, really, F- he's gonna crush F- it. FG Gary. This um, movie's I gonna be really cool. I I think this movie's gonna be really. He's the guy that directed Friday. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I think right. this movie's gonna be really dynamic, really interesting, just fucking like visual ensemble piece character movie that we haven't seen before. But I don't think that Brian's character is coming up at all. All right. And with that, we'll find out tomorrow 
because that's when we're going to go see that movie yeah. mm-hmm. and immediately record a podcast. We're going to go see the very opening uh, premiere. It's a hot take. Not the premiere. Yeah, it's going to be a hot take. It's a hot take. It's going to mm-hmm. be an over drinkers and it's going to be a quarter. Quarter? Quarter mile out of time. Quarter mile out of time. It's like hot take. A Q-Mat three a.m. that we're finishing this, so we can get it done for you, the listener, in oh, time yeah. to see Fast Eight in the theater. And uh, any closing thoughts, Mike? It's been a minute since. Uh, I am excited. I'm excited as well. I'm. I'm really excited. I'm at the same time. I, like I said, I, I I would have really liked to see the series end with seven because of how can't. how it poetic won't. that ending was. It made over a billion dollars. It'll never end. It made it one and a half billion dollars. Jason Statham, I'm cool with it. Jason Statham is a really cool addition cool to this it. movie. I'm, cool I'm with that. It. And we got Charlize. Yeah, Charlize. Charlize. Yeah, yeah. My Fury. These characters <laughs> can keep getting swapped out. The Fast and Furious is going to be around for a long time, boys. Yeah. We'll see if it oh, means cool. the same thing to us tomorrow as it did today. Yes. <laughs> and with and that. We'll see you then, listener, for another quarter mile at a time. I'm Jack Kolodzeski, joined, as always, by Robert Anderson Yo. and Mike Burge. Good night. Thank Good you, boys, day. for joining me, and thank you out there for listening. Ride or die. Check one, two. What is this? Oh, you know what? I'm just gonna crack this open now. So I'm gonna add the lime. The biggest, the biggest Corona that's ever been made on the planet. I'm gonna say that's probably not the biggest Corona that's ever been made. What's on the, the biggest planet? Corona then? You piece of shit. Vin Diesel. I mean, so- <laughs> <laughs> yeah.